Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm thrilled to be talking about the film Lola. We are joined by writer, director, and actor Nicola Peltz-Beckham, along with cast members Virginia Madsen, Luke David Bloom, Raven Goodwin, and Richie Merritt. And Nicola, starting with you, um, I've heard you say that you've been writing for a long time, but it was always just something very personal for you, um, you know, that you weren't necessarily sharing with other people. And I was very interested um, because I love the experience and the idea of taking something that was a very personal creative outlet and then eventually writing a script that you're sharing with so many people, because literally when you're filming at some point, every single person has a copy of that script in your hands. And so I was just very curious about what that experience has been like for you on that journey. I think for me, like it, I've never, it was my first script I've ever uh, written. So I've never written a script before, but just writing is just something that I've always loved. Like I've always journaled for any character I've ever done in any film, just, just to prepare for acting wise. So um, when I, yeah, when I, when I finally had it done, I sent the first person I sent it to was my acting teacher. And I actually wrote it on, I don't even know if this is a thing, but it, you know, do you know text edit? It's kind of like notes on the computer. That's the first draft of Lola was on text edit. And I went to email it to my acting coach and it emailed to her in one vertical line. Like every letter was like, and she goes, what did you just email? The longest email I've ever gotten in my life. And I was like, oh no, what do you mean? And she said, you literally emailed me a line of letters. And I was like, oh God. And so she was like, you got to put this in final draft. And then, and then I will happily read it. And so that scared me. And I was like, oh boy, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be sending this out. And I finally put it in final draft and then sent it to her. But the, I took a few months to, I got a little scared by that long email. So (laughs) a little bit. I love that. And and for you, Virginia, I mean, this this role in the places that you have to go to really asks a lot of you as, as a performer. And I was interested in kind of how you found the genesis of where your character has gone and journeyed to reach this place emotionally, because there's a moment of of her referencing, you know, when she was pregnant with Lola, that all she wanted to do was show her what it was like to be loved in the world. But she's reached such a polar opposite space and just kind of eventually feeling emotionally like she can disown her daughter. And I was just interested in how you created that backstory and that journey for her. Well, I don't think I could have described it better. Um, but, you know, when when I'm reading a script for the first time, I'm not just reading my part. I'm looking at the whole um, environment and the world that we're going to try and create as a group, as a family. And it was just really tight. The script was all there. And so... The next step was, am I going to be safe? You know, like, how am I going to, this is so different from me. And I didn't want it to be artificial. So I knew I I was going to have to be with someone who could take me by the hand and help me through it because it was going to be hard. And yeah, we just, we, we had this real family feeling, despite everyone having to wear masks and you know, it was that part was uh, not at all fun, but the rest of it, yeah, I felt I felt strong enough to to go through it. 
Yeah. And and Luke, I was interested in how you viewed Arlo's relationship with his mom, because it's very complicated because Arlo's at that particular age where, you know, they still love their mom and there are moments of connectivity between the two of them. And at the same time, their mother is the person saying, you know, the way that you express yourself in the world is wrong and it's a sin and God doesn't love you. And so it's very complicated with those two directions. And so I was just very interested in how you found that relationship and how you viewed it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just such a like you like you just said it's just such a weird thing cuz he doesn't know anything that's like going on between his sister and his mom he just kind of he's like oh it's my mom especially as you could see in um one of the earlier scenes in the movie at least one of the earlier scenes that I'm in um you could see that he really believes what his mom says which is just like heartbreaking to watch and heartbreaking for him um and I just, he, it's just a shame that he doesn't know what's going on. Cause like you said, his mom is the person that's like destroying all of his hopes and dreams. And he's such an amazing, just like bright, wonderful person. And he's just trying to like find his way in the world, I guess. And he's growing up to be such an amazing person, but his mom just shoots him down at every opportunity. It's just a shame to watch, but it, the movie was good. So, <laughs> And Raven, you're, you're playing Babina. And what I love about her is how much of herself she gives to the people that she loves. And it's not just through words, it's through acts of kindness and service that she does for people around her. You know, even just the moment where she's like, telling Lola, come stay with me. Of course, Arlo should come as well. And you can tell that it's not the first time that she's done that. Um, and I was interested in how you found a lot of her love language through her actions that she makes throughout the film. Um, I think, well, I know that Babina and I are pretty similar in, in that regard. Um, uh, I find myself, and this is what my family tells me, this isn't me. Just like I'm nurturing, like this is just who I naturally have been since I was a little girl. I was always that friend um, to to the people around me. So when I saw how she was written, I knew um, that there weren't too many um, difficulties as far as you know having that come across. I knew that um, I knew that I could do that um, in a nuanced way. Um, that'll make the audience feel her and understand her um, exactly who she is, because hopefully somebody has um, somebody like, like Babina in their life advocating for them. And the, you know, the, I got you, like, it's, I got you, you know? Yeah. yeah. She's, she's the character you wish everybody in life had around them. Yeah. I hope, I hope, I really hope they, everybody finds their Babina. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, and Richie, with, with Malachi, you know, we don't necessarily see the details of his home life and his upbringing, but we really get the sense that there's things in his past and things in his, his home life that really connect him to Lola in a way that they kind of understand the idea of pain and, and trauma with each other. And they have such a complicated relationship. And I was interested in, you know, how you kind of viewed his backstory and his upbringing and how that really connects him to Lola and their relationship. Um. <clears throat> to be honest, um, me and Nick, we we kind of talked a little bit about that backstory, and we came up that he did he did have a very messed up life, but how I wanted to play it, I wanted I didn't want it to be 
like anything I've done before, you know? So I was trying to get more on like a personal and like a, like a genuine connection with her. And, you know, he's been through so much, you know what I mean? Short, like long story short, he's scared of losing people. So how I try to play it, like I try to play it like she was the last person I had left, you know? So no matter where she was going, because Malachi generally does feel that about her, you know, like he generally cares about her and knows what she's going through because he has similarities in his life with his peoples. So it's kind of like he's just generally just trying to be there for her as a friend and caring for little Luke, well, Arlo and shit. So, yeah, he's just alone at that point. Yeah, no, you did a, you did a wonderful job with that. And Nicola, I mean, the, the aesthetic of this film is is really beautiful. And I love what you've done with the color palette where you've kind of got these light pinks and lilacs and kind of like hues of light blue because they have such an iconography of childhood and innocence to them against the starkness of what your characters are experiencing in the world. And I was interested in how you worked with your cinematographer, Madeline Leach, to really land upon that particular aesthetic. Well, yes, thank you so much for noticing that. And that was honestly something that was so important to me just to, I really wanted the cinematography to feel like you said, innocent and feminine and, and almost like the cinematography, the story is through Lola's eyes, but it's almost like the cinematography is through Arlo's eyes. And, you know, the the context of the script is so dark and I just didn't want to lean into that. I wanted to do the polar opposite and I just find it interesting when, you know, you, you could play Lola and put it on pause and, and it's almost like calming. And then when you actually put the volume on and you listen to the context of the film, it's it's very different. Yeah. And Virginia, one of the scenes I wanted to ask you about is there's a moment where Mona's at church and she's kind of having a conversation with another mom there. And I, I love it because it's that whole thing of the conversation that they're not having and kind of the <laughs> passive aggressiveness that exists between them is such a fun day yeah. to watch. Um, and I was just interested in how, how you kind of like went into that scene and what your objectives for Mona were. Well, I thought it was, she was really lonely and really sad. And she's so she's such an outcast and probably was called a sinner a lot when she was a younger person. And she's trying so hard to fit in and she's utterly rejected. And I want I really wanted the audience to see that side of her because, you know, you gave you gave me a chance to like fully realize the character and make her three-dimensional and not just like this evil, hateful person. Um, but it, it, you allowed me to make it real. And that was the purpose of that scene. And plus it was just really funny. <laughs> I loved watching that scene. That was so amazing. When she, when there were the donuts there and, and Virginia just, I am watching behind the camera and I remember her just staring at the donuts and staring at the woman. And I was like, go for it, go for it, go for it. And then she just grabs the donut and takes a bite. And I was like, oh, I loved it. It was really good. Plus where, the, donuts, where did the, idea... the donuts were good. <laughs> yeah. Where good. did the idea for the God donuts using the hole in the middle as, as the O of God come from? Oh, oh that's so funny. I, I wrote that in the script and I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to, 
quite understand like what I'm trying to just talk about. So then, then I drew the donut and I was like, drew it forever. And I was like, okay, this is what I mean. And they're like, oh my God, though. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> it was so, so perfect. Like she's so misguided. And she actually thinks that she has donuts that say God, <laughs> that people will finally like her. <laughs> and and Luke and Nicola, you know, I mean, I love watching Arlo as a character, figuring out how they want to express themselves in the world and, you know, just the details of his costumes and the way that he experiments with his sister putting makeup on him. And I was interested in how the two of you work together with the rest of the creative teams on the film to really find who Arlo wants to be in the world and how he wants to express himself. I think that the way a character dresses, um, the way they do their makeup, their hair, everything about an appearance of a character is so important to me and so interesting and just such a massive part of a character development process for me. So when we were doing fittings with Luke, um, you know, we tried on bikinis that were just you know, just the top and then like a girl bikini or little shorts. And we we tried all of it. And and I wanted Luke as the actor to feel really comfortable. And so we came to this, um, we kept talking about it. And we're like, you know, what, what feels comfortable to you? What do you think Arlo would wear? And I wanted him to have um, a real hand in that and, and have his say in it as well. And so, you know, Arlo wears these little tank tops that were once Lola's that um that now fit him perfectly and so it's like he's wearing Lola's hand-me-downs but then he wears his own sneakers and and but he always has his like little Arlo uh necklace on so there are just a uh, little bits of um femininity and and just feminine choices that we made um but it is like you know there's no labels to the these characters so you never know um is Arlo just looks up to Lola so much that he just wants to dress like her. And then in five years, he'll decide not to dress like her. Like, you don't really know. It's just their their relationship and their love is so beautiful that there's just no judgment and there's no, um, yeah, there's just no judgment around it. So Arlo just loves him so unconditionally. She just wants him to be his happy self. Yeah. And um, just to build on that, like a little bit, that's that's the whole thing with, that's so bad about the mom is that he's such an amazing, just like a happy, bright person. And she just shoots him down at every point. Like I was saying earlier, and it's just, it, that's just what makes the mom such a, like a, like the character that you're like, uh, I don't really like her. That's what makes her such an unlikable character. But, um, yeah, and it makes you think right? like if, if, if kids could just be who they are, um, yeah. without being shot down, like how beautifully they would grow up. Yeah. And like, Arlo is just such a great person. And it's just, it's just a shame. My mom, I don't know if um, anyone else knows of this, but my mom's favorite poem, and she always has us read this. And there's a poem that says like, your children, you do not own your children, but they come through you and they have their own thoughts and their own wishes and their own mm. love in the world. And it's almost like the mother is like the vessel and then the child should just be what what he or she wants to be. So I think mm. also that poem, just because my mom has been talking about it my whole life, I'm inspired a bit of Arlo as well. 
That's beautiful. And and Raven, kind of off the back of what, what you were talking about before with your character being so nurturing, um, you know, I also appreciate the fact that she's very real with people, you know, she'll sit there and say to Lola, I love you, but you also need to get clean and you need to do this for yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And so what were some of the, the details in the way that she was written in the script or that you found on set like that, that gave those added layers to her for you? Well, I feel like people like Babina, are loved because of that side of them as well, like the the, the honesty, um, but but it's it's always with love, it's always with the cherry on top, you know what I mean? It's always because not everybody knows how to uh, hold people accountable um, without making them feel uh, bad or or you know like they're doing the wrong thing, and you know. I find that even though, uh, because she was so sad, at one point I enabled her and called Malachi um, and, and you know, broke down and just just to get her out of bed. I think that we, we sometimes enable the people that we love um, knowing that that isn't loving, but, um, but for the most part, holding people accountable and then being receptive to it is a, is an actual gift, I think. And uh, um, I'm, I'm happy that uh, it, she was heard because that can go on deaf ears as well. So I'm glad that um, Lola valued their friendship enough to be like, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Richie, I mean, there's, there's an arc for your character, you know, he's not always making the right choices and he's not always expressing himself in the right way earlier in the film. And we kind of see a lot of growth in him and him really trying to figure out how to show up for Lola in a different way and the way that she needs him, you know, when he's like, I know you want drugs for me, but I'm not going to give them to you because I love you, um, you know, or I'm going to show up and I'm going to bring you fast food. And that tells you I love you just as much as saying I love you. Um, and so how did you set about creating that shift and that change in that character as he has a little bit more maturity and self-awareness of his actions and his choices? I mean, line writes itself. You just bring it. To yeah. did what I read, you know, kind of put my own touch onto it. I don't know. I can't I can't tell you how how to generally care, you know, like how I just generally did that. Like I generally looked at them like, you know, <clears throat> I just built relationships very quick. You know, so when we're on set, we're all joking and playing and, and, and having serious talks and shit. Kind of like shows you who that true person is. And you know, I feel like you can use that and run away with that, you know, especially since everybody's so different, you can connect to people with certain things and other people you can't. So I guess I kind of just took it as like my own family in a way, because I don't really have my own family. You know what I mean? Like certain people, some people, a lot of people, they make their own family, you know, through family and friends, you know, a mix of both. So that's kind of how I just took it as like a like a a family away from family. Yeah, that that completely makes sense. And 
Virginia and Nicola kind of coming back to the two of you um, mentioning spoilers for anyone watching in case it, it jumps into them with the answer. But there's a scene between the two of you later in the film that I really love because essentially it's, you know, two different intentions for the characters. It's when Mona comes to visit her in the store uh, later in the film, because for Mona, it's, you know, how do I take Lola down a notch? How do I make sure that I tell her that I don't care? And, you know, this isn't important to me. And for Lola, it's a real moment of how do I move forward? and move past from this previous relationship that was such a central part of my life and my upbringing. Um, and so I was just interested in how the two of you approached filming that together with each of your character objectives being something very different in the moment. You want to go first? <laughs> you go. Um, well, I, I, I don't think Mona's intention is to walk in to specifically hurt, even though that's exactly what she does. Mm but she's kind of gloating. Um, but this daughter is a terrible disappointment to her. And she has a chance. She could have connected with her. You know, there could have been a time that mother and daughter may have had a connection through her pregnancy. And she just can't bring herself to love her daughter. She just can't. She just wants to punish her. But she believes that she is right. This girl is has done everything wrong. And she's done it to hurt me. You know, like that's so she takes it personally. It's all about her, you know. And but the way that oh the way that you were looking at me, I was just like, I just wanted to go cry in my, you know, outside the set because you, you just had so much depth and you were so, you were so hurt, but yet you, I feel like we knew she was going to be strong and be able to survive. I think also in that scene, when you say um, that should have been my baby, for me, I mean, there's so many things in that scene that breaks my heart. I mean, yeah. of course, the one when you say, I said the same thing when I was pregnant with you, because it just shows that Mona and Lola at one point did have a beautiful relationship and Mona did want to be close to her daughter. And that is just so heartbreaking. There's no one in the world like your mother. There is just no one in the world like your mother. So for you to have a broken relationship with that person is very sad in itself. Um, but then when you say, you know, that baby should have been mine, you don't know, like maybe, like for me and my personal journaling story, Mona wanted to have kids with Trick, you know? She loved Trick. She thought Trick was going to be the husband of her dreams one day. You know, as soon as he cleans up, then he'll be the great guy. You know, you have hope for the future. So I think splashing that news at her in that moment is heartbreaking on just so many levels. Um, but for me, that was like just the way you said that line. It's just like, even I've watched it so many times and every time I watch it, it's like you, her performance is just so beautiful and heartbreaking and sad. And of course you dislike Mona, but in that scene, there are several scenes, but just the church scene being one of them in that scene, you just feel for her as a character and you just understand her a little bit better. Yeah, we can know why she's that way. Yeah. You know? 
Absolutely. And and Luke, in, in filming the sibling relationship, I heard that, you know, Nicola and you kind of spent a lot of time just hanging out together and kind of like, you know, painting nails or making bracelets. And I was just interested in how that really helped you in terms of like building out their sibling dynamic on, on screen when it came to filming the movie. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the relationship from all, doing all that stuff, hanging out, we were doing rehearsals um, before we started filming. It was like the weekend, like before we started filming, we did it for two days. Um, we were just hanging out. We got a bunch of food and it was great. And then, like you said, we made uh, like necklaces. This is the one that was in the movie. Oh my gosh, I still amazing. Have it. I know, it's, it's <laughs> so cool. I'm so glad that I kept it. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like you said, that relationship really bled into the scenes a lot. And you know, it was just it was just a really fun time. I mean, Nicola's a great person, super fun. And it was just it was just great to film with her. Thank you. I love you, Luke. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> and Raven, with with their friendship with Babina and Lola, I love that there's just these kind of like intimate slice of life life moments between the two of them that tell us just as much about their relationship. You know, if it's the two of them singing along to like TLC waterfalls and their own cadence in the car together, or even just the scene with the two of you where Lola's sitting on the toilet talking to you while you're in the bathtub. Um, and so, how did just even moments like that really just help you in capturing a lot of the intimacy of their friendship? Um by not being on the page, by us just um, having an idea of, of you know, what we wanted the scene to look like. And that bathroom scene was just us just going back and forth and saying what I think uh, two women who were totally clueless of uh, childbirth and how to raise a kid, you know, that what that conversation uh, would look like. And um, yeah, I just think, we were able to find a lot of um, truth and and authentic moments. Um, and N Nicola is so sweet and you know just easy to love on. Like I said, it was it was kind of like you know I just I just had a soft spot for her um, immediately. And um, especially the way, like I said, I, I look at how others treat others, and I think the way that she described Angela to me. Um, just it, it helped me a lot and it made me want to be a part of of the film and um you know their friendship is 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 similar to um the friendships that I hold close. So you know most of my friends I've been friends with since I was 14, 15 years old. Um so seeing that bond on screen and it really came across that way. Um, me smacking her butt in the car, that's something I would do to my best <laughs> who is just about her size, teeny tiny, cute, <laughs> petite woman. Um, and then I'm next to her, this big, you know, African-esque woman. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, the love between um us and my real friendships really, really carried through. And I think it was the same. It was obviously the same for Nicola because it, it came, it came out so beautiful and um, it was definitely fun to watch. I definitely smiled and seeing how people responded to it at the premiere was really um, touching for me. Um, I was kind of taken aback a little bit, but um, I love it visually. I love the way we made you know, the audience feel. And I think um, it's something to be said about uh, what a bond looks like between two women who just want each other to be okay. 
Absolutely. And and lastly, for you, Nicola, um, I love the way that you've used the the camera in very specific ways at times. And you've thought very judiciously about what do I show? Wait, do you mind what- if I say, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I just have to say one thing, that bathroom scene, like I, Raven is so talented. I have to say I was crying, laughing. Like it was so hard for me to be in the moment because that whole entire scene, we really just went off page entirely. Like the whole thing was improvised. Raven was so genius with her timing and her lines. And the whole thing you watched was I was following her lead in that scene. She was so funny and her beauty and her light just shines so much. And like like she said, like, I hope everyone like has a babina in their life because I know I am so lucky to have my best friend. But yeah, I just, I had to say that that, that was not my writing. That was all her. Amazing. Well, we, we, only, have like, we only have a, a quick minute, but I wanted to ask you very quickly, Nicola, just about how you created a lot of the, the choices and how you've used the camera and <laughs> moments where maybe it's a conversation and you linger the camera on one of the characters, you know, or even the the scene where Lola's being held up against the wall, you've kind of very specifically made the choice to make sure that it's about her experience in that moment and character driven, as opposed to anything that might potentially glorify it. Um, yeah. And so how did you set about finding those moments of, you know, what I show versus what I don't show is just as important? For me, um, That scene was, I knew when I was writing it, how I wanted it to be filmed. Not that I knew that I was going to direct it, but I just had this image Mm -hmm. in my mind. And like you said, it's almost like what you don't show. The mind is so powerful that your imagination Mm -hmm. is worse. And I don't think it's about that. I think it's about you're, you're going through what Lola's going through. So it should be about the emotion. It shouldn't be about the imagery and and by the way we were like fully clothed in that scene it had it didn't need to be you didn't need nudity you didn't need any of that and I think mm-hmm. that just if you follow the emotional story um that's all I really cared about was just the emotional journey it took you on yeah it's it's such a beautifully shot film and I I love the work that you've all done on this so congratulations on the movie and thank you so much for sharing all of this I appreciate it thank, thank you, you so much thank you, thank you so much